Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I'm Raji. Today, we are talking about another film on that list. Peter Jackson's first part of the fantasy epos, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring was released on December 23rd, 2001, starring Elijah Wood, Viggo Mortensen, and Kate Blanchett, with an IMDb rating of 8.8 .8 out of 10. Before we go to Middle-earth, however, how is life? Life is good, despite all the fires in California. <laughs> but uh, yeah, life is good. Life is good. Uh, long it's... weekend. We're recording this Labor Day weekend. Good times. How's it life on good. your end? Uh, I think I think the smoke has been uh, the smoke here in California has been pretty bad for me, yeah. uh, especially someone who has allergies. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not been great, and I have to walk my two dogs every day. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it is what it is. We have to give credit to the people who are actually fighting it instead of us <sighs> keyboard warriors. I guess. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, but I hope the fires get under. Uh, under control soon and uh to all the people who've been affected by it especially the people in the tahoe area and people in the northern areas i hope that they find some sign of solace soon um because it's we 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 get the periphery of it but i hope that those people who are directly affected by it can uh, recover yep yeah well said well said well uh, should we cost the time yeah Let's do that. So, uh, do I get to choose, or yes, I get to choose. You and get I to choose. Go, I always <laughs> go with heads. Heads. So, heads. I hope it's a tail. I want to see which one you're gonna go for. <laughs> tail, tail. Right. Let's see. Uh, what do you want? Uh, I want to argue for this movie. This I want to argue for this film. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to argue against this film. Sounds like a plan. But I, I guess before we start, I, I think we should go through the plot and try to get a summary of what the movie is about. What do you yep. say? <laughs> Sounds good. That alone will probably take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. See you on the other side. An ancient ring, thought lost for centuries, has been found, and through a strange twist of fate, has been given to a small hobbit named Frodo. When Gandalf discovers the ring is in fact the one ring of the Dark Lord Sauron, Frodo must make an epic quest to the Cracks of Doom in order to destroy it. However, he does not go alone. He is joined by Gandalf, Legolas the Elf, Gimli the Dwarf, Aragorn, Boromir, and his three hobbit friends Merry, Pippin, and Samwise. Through mountains, snow, darkness, forests, rivers, and plains, facing evil and danger at every corner, the Fellowship of the Ring must go. Their quest to destroy the One Ring is the only hope for the end of the Dark Lord's reign. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. To the judge, the crowd, the listeners, today I'm going to be arguing against this movie, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. A movie that looks and sounds spectacular 
but carries a lot of dead weight, lots of swooping shots, lots of characters that don't change. Um, in a very thin plot over the course of three hours. Um, I think that we get to experience this movie through uh, trenches, mountains, uh, forests, caves, um, and uh, we get to experience the world through the eyes of hobbits, humans, dwarves, but at the end of the f- of the film, nothing really changes from the very beginning. The goal was to get the ring to the mountain, to Mordor, and drop it in the to drop it in the um. Oh crap! Let me get this right. To drop it in the volcano, um, where no one can reach it. And we at the end of the film, we were no closer to it. Um, than when we first started. In fact, I would say we we're in a worse position. Um, I guess I will I will discuss this further, uh, and I would give you the points that I would like to argue for it. Sure, your honor. Uh, I could not agree less with that. Uh, this is a movie that takes really some time to establish all the different factions of Middle Earth. Because it's going to be vital for the for the rest of the trilogy, um, I think one has to take into account that this is uh, kind of the setting up part of a trilogy. Mind you, it's a three-hour-long setup for what's to come, but uh, it's a story that is so rich and varied with different characters, different uh, locations, and different motivations that we need to take the time to understand each and everybody's uh, point of view. Now, you said that there's no development. I think this story, uh, even if we just look at this as a contained movie, um, already has an arc of uh, courage uh, from the most unlikely uh, character set that we encounter in this movie, uh, namely the hobbits uh, that are arguably just living their lives in uh, Hobbington and, and you know, happily so, uh, and rarely move out of their boundaries, but then are kind of thrusted into um, a story that is bigger than themselves because it's literally affecting the whole uh, country, Middle Earth. Um, the whole Earth? I'm not super invested with, with the lore. The, the, the whole Earth be it middle earth and um so we have the the unlikeliest heroes uh having to step up and the the reason why they're the most unlikeliest heroes is that they're so uh, underappreciated that uh, the that uh, nobody even kind of considered um them for a ring in the first place uh, if if we just go through the the prologue a little bit, it's like men got a bunch of rings, the elves got a bunch of rings, uh, the 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 dwarves got a bunch of rings, and um, ain't nobody ain't nobody gave the the hobbits some rings. So so uh, right from the get go, it's kind of clear that that they are just kind of in the grand scheme of things not as important as these other factions. 
but it turns out they're the most important because they're not as uh, allured by the ring. And I think this movie kind of sets it up fairly well that it's, you know, it's, it's this underappreciated small uh, faction, both in, 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 in just uh, terms of population, but also you know, literal size, that uh, turns out to be the hero of this, the underappreciated hero. Um, and in terms of uh, nothing changes, I think there's already quite the um, character development for everybody involved in the fellowship um, from the start, but on, all the way up until the end. Um, I don't think Boromir's death is, is kind of the catalyst for a lot of um, the development to happen. But yeah, that's my opening statement. Look, I'm looking forward to talk more about this. So I think that let's let's talk a little bit about some of the points you just made. You talk about the courage of the hobbits. I I don't remember at any point where they did anything courageous in this film. I think it, this whole film was them being anxious and running away from things and being saved by other people. Um, oh, I actually disagree because when they're in Moria and they're faced with with the orcs, like they they pick up their swords and they they're there to fight. Like they, I mean, they're well, they're kind of caved in, but but you know, it's a hail no. mary, and they're they're ready, they're ready well, for. Well, if if they weren't ready, they would be dead. So I think that that was more of a fight or flight, fight and flight situation. I don't think that uh, the hobbits were. First of all, they were the ones who created that issue. Um, let's let's even look at the whole history of the hobbits in this film. And I think that we should look at it from just the self-contained version, just this movie alone. This movie um, starts with the introduction of the history and we're taken straight to the Hobbits, a bunch of, you know, drinking, pipe smoking, happy-go-lucky folks who doesn't want to have anything to do with the world outside. They're kind of self-contained, self-content. And, you know, they see Bilbo who went out of his way uh, to explore the world as a some sort of magical magical person, you know. He is well is looked at with awe, but you know nobody else wants to do something like that. I mean, a point could be seen when um, Frodo uh, and his friend got to the edge of the the farm, and when they got there, uh, he says, uh, "This is the farthest I've ever been." Uh, from Hobbington, um, and it took him a few minutes to actually step. Uh, uh, it took a, several minutes for Sam to actually go further, um, and Which then that allowed his courage too. <laughs> is it is it courage? Uh, I think that he was just nosy and got himself in trouble. Um, now, um, one of the other things, uh, then we have the bumbling friends, the the friends who are mischievous, and. The characters was one of the things that I that I can say for sure was that the character of all the hobbits were set up at the very beginning, and uh, throughout the whole trilogy, none of their characters changed. What was Frodo? Frodo is the reluctant hero. He trusts people too much. He trusted Sam. He trusted um, uh, Viggo Mortis's character Aragon. He trusted Strider. Yeah, he he's he's. Uh, um, he trusts every single person and he always, uh, he's too trusting. Sam 
is a bumbling idiot. He goes out of his way to fight without thinking, brings out his sword. He's not tactical in any way. The two the two friends, uh, Mary and Pippin, always getting into trouble. And you could tell within the first few minutes that they were always going to get into trouble. And they got into trouble at the beginning. They got into the trouble at Moria. They got into trouble almost all through the film. In fact, the, f- the fact that these hobbits couldn't understand the dangers they were facing is enough to give them a ding. I mean, they're on the top of a mountain. Um, there's darkness everywhere. And these guys decide to whip out the fire and cook some sausages, inviting the dark, the dark, uh, the the kings to come and you know stab uh, Frodo in the chest. I'm not a, one of the problems I have with this movie is I don't know all the names, and I'm not a, a lot of the rings expert. So you'll have to forgive me as I use algorithms to determine who and who I'm going to talk about. So. <laughs> Um, I I feel that the character development was stale. Aragon was the same mysterious character from the beginning of the film to the very end. Did we learn anything new? We had to get to the the real meat of his character was in the third film. Oh, um, actually, actually, sorry that I have to 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 break you up there, but uh, sure. I mean, we so we learn Aragorn. And uh, uh, like we get to know him as Strider, this mysterious ranger, which mm-hmm. arguably is a little stupid, but you know, um, Strider. <laughs> and then at the end of this, uh, he takes on the that arm shield from Boromir from Gondor, and uh, because he's the true heir of Gondor, so it's like he 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 sheds that that Strider character off himself, and he's he's turning into Aragorn. So the that alone is. You know, kind of is a there's a big character progression in my book, but I don't see how it was a character progression. I mean, when they were when we when they were at the 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 council in Rivendell, it was um what's his name Legolas introduced him as Aragon, the true heir of Gondor, and um, what's his name Boromir re- responded, uh, "There is no heir. Uh, Gondor needs no king." Um, and, uh, so we already knew who he was. Um, and that was just an hour, 20 minutes into the film, give or take into the three hour film. Um, so it wasn't a situation where his character, his identity was hidden. His identity was not hidden. Um, it was hidden as a Northern Ranger, but his character stays the same. His character, Aragon as the Northern Ranger, mysterious, sitting in the dark with a, cape, with a cape over his head. It was the same character till the very end. He was quick to action. Um, he was um, uh, he was always very direct. Uh, and uh, the character didn't change. So the, if all the characters stayed the same, I mean, the only person who changed uh but it was only really a metaphysical change. It was Gandalf? He he went from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White, but that's outside the scope of this film. So let's just say the characters stayed the same throughout the film. What makes this film good is the fact that we're going to see a good story. So the story has to be very very good. But the story was interjected with scenes and scenes of the beautiful swooping landscape of New Zealand. 
people running away from things, running, 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 running. And anytime you're doing all those running actions, nothing is going on. You're just basically just escaping. So the thrill of the action uh, is what sells this film. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure I agree with you when you say the characters developed. The characters did not develop. Um, I think that the movie was quite long, and I think that all those swooping shots and all the escapisms uh, played a big role in making this film uh, not as cohesive um, and tight as it, as it could be. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, I disagree because I think that Aragorn especially has already uh, quite the transformation. Like, he's not that, that mysterious ranger anymore at the end of this. Um, same, arguably, for Gimli, where uh, I sense a lot of pride in, in the dwarves, and it, he got kind of shattered and uh, gained new motivation when they went through Moria and uh, realizing that it's not... Uh, this this dwarf kingdom anymore, but it's a tomb essentially. And then the the hobbits, like I said, it's it's kind of an unlikely um, event for them to to go that far and can to be on this adventure. And sure, like all four of the hobbits are, are very different and play different parts in this. And and some of them are kind of um, in quotes calling idiots. And <laughs> you know, one could say annoying, but. Uh, and you could say that's such a lazy plot to to draft a story forward, and I would tend to agree with that probably. But um, I think it's ultimately this is a story about uh, unlikely loyalty. Uh, you have all these different factions that uh, seemingly history historically were fighting against each other, and now they come together uh, because the um, because what what's at stake is bigger than the individual person and the individual faction, and uh, I think that's the the core and the heart of this movie, and it happens to be carried by uh, by the hobbits that are the unlikeliest of them all. Because as I said in, in my opening, it's they're not even kind of regarded as as worthy of a ring in the first place. So, so for them to carry this and for for them to carry the burden and the the gravity of of the whole situation, uh, literally, is uh, remarkable. And I think that's being set up in this quite well. Well, I can agree with you um, on the fact that the hobbits are quite unlikely. Um, it's not because of their small size, because the hobbits, uh, the dwarves, are also small. I think the dwarves and the hobbits they are somewhat similar. Uh, I would say that probably the reason why they're the most um, unlikely of heroes is because they are very incompetent. Um, and I think that their incompetence is what makes the film quite remarkable. And I use air quotes in this, in this, uh, in this analogy. There is, it makes, their incompetence is literally what makes the film interesting because the hobbits, the dwarves are also small. Um, and they were not the only ones that didn't get rings. The orcs didn't get rings. The trees didn't get rings. The birds didn't get rings. Um, so the dwarves didn't get rings. So they're not as special um, as you make it. They're just, they're just, it, it's just a Gandalf fascination uh, with, with hobbits that made them the focus of this. Though, 
um, there is a history uh, and the fact that Bilbo uh, brought the ring to the Shire uh, is probably what makes this whole thing happen. Um, but we could also tell that the ring has a mind of its own. So, you know, maybe it was always going to end up in the Shire, no matter what. Got to look that up. Yeah, the dwarves got seven seven rings. This dwarves got seven rings? Yeah, the dwarves. The dwarves got seven rings. Oh well, then uh, was that was that was that mentioned in the movie? Yeah, in the in the, in the prologue. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh god. All right. Well, that goes that fail. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, sir. <laughs> okay. As as, uh, as, to, as to your arguments for for kind of the landscape and the sweeping, um, the 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 cinematography, I guess. Uh, I think it's. It's a display of scale that is being set up. And just understanding how, uh, what all is at stake. Like every, every little part of the land between Mordor and the Shire essentially is affected by this one action, like getting from A to B. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody in between all the people that live there, which arguably we don't meet that many people that live anywhere, uh, will be affected by this. So I think that's that's just uh, one way to understand, okay, this is at stake. Plus, it's pretty. I think that's, that helps. Right? It's visually interesting to, to see. Well, true. Um, I, I, I think that the argument that... New Zealand is beautiful. It will not be lost on me. I'm not going to argue here that New Zealand is not beautiful. Um, but I'm, 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 I think that the question is, the sweeping shots just help to create ambience in the adventure and to make it feel like there's an adventure going on. My argument was that there was quite a lot of it, quite a lot of it, uh, walking up the mountains, sweeping shots. Going down to the to the forest, sweeping shot. Uh, going uh, on, you know, walking through the rocky mountains, sweeping shot. And there's a lot of um, coincidental situations that uh, that kind of made it a little bit hard to believe. Like the first time they came across the riders, Frodo goes, uh, "We've got to hide. Get off the road." Yeah, he says, "Get off the road. Get off the road." get off the road and they jump down and they get uh inside uh, under one of the trees where you know the roots existed and it was high enough for them to hide um and you know later on aragon was saying you know those guys are drawn to the power of the rings and i was looking at the 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 wraith and he was standing right above them and he couldn't sense the ring just just underneath him um sniffing the air was doing all sorts of shenanigans, and he couldn't tell that the ring was right under his nose, literally. Um, then you have the fact that they built them up to be this powerful, this powerful beings. These guys cannot be defeated. They're the souls of kings who've uh, who've lost their minds. Uh, and the first moment they come across water, you know, they're just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I mean, sorry. The first time they come across water, they're like, oh, man, we can't go into the water. The first time, you know, all the, they had, what, 
five of them that was fighting against Aragon um, in the mountain. This marvelous undead um, rates that go on horses and fly everywhere. And they couldn't beat Aragon on just one guy. They couldn't, like, what, go around him and stab him in the back? I'm just I'm wondering how powerful these guys are. Well, um, he is the rightful heir of Gondor. Well, that, I don't I don't think that doesn't that doesn't mean they can't kill him. <laughs> well, evidently it does. So <laughs> there's a lot of movie magic happening. What about that scene where the orc had the uh, the shield and he throws it, and the shield goes all the way? Could have cut his neck off, but it it has a it had a concave concave uh, edge. And the two spikes went into the tree, just giving him enough room for him to wiggle his neck. And I was like, wow, lots of coincidences in this film. Uh, who is going to get killed? I mean, uh, somebody eventually did, but uh, there's a lot of uh, suspense of disbelief uh, in this film. So. Well, I think, so, so like I said, it's, it's, it's a story about uh, loyalty, and it's also a story about... A pureness of character right like how like can you be corrupted and uh, i think it's pretty clear that that everybody in the fellowship that is kind of on target to not be corrupted by the ring is making it out and the only person that that is corrupted by the ring uh, ends up dying in this one and I think that's that's kind of a compelling uh, kind of tangent on, on on the core of this movie. It's 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 about it's a lot about loyalty. It's a lot about greed and corruption and kind of like how to to go against that. And I think that's that's another aspect of uh, character building there. Because if 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 you get corrupted, then uh, you know the the dark side. I, I think that's also in the uh, Saruman. Kind of character arc, essentially, right? Like that's uh, corruption at its core, um, and greed, power, like being greedy for power, um, that turns to be a downfall in the long run. You know, uh, just to correct, I, I I did mention that no rings were given to the doors, and I think uh, you corrected me earlier, mm -hmm. but I, I do want to acknowledge that um, nine rings were given to men, seven rings to dwarves, and three rings to the elves, and one ring to rule them all. So before I get the emails, I'm correcting myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I want to, I, I think that this question of loyalty is, is one that I probably want to address. And I think that, you know, you, you've mentioned loyalty quite a few times now, but I, I'm not entirely sure wh who were they loyal to? Were they loyal to the quest or were yeah. they loyal to... So that, that's the... But the thing about it is they, didn't, they weren't pulling in the same direction. Um, and uh, even at some, you know, even at some point, Frodo never trusted anybody in there, especially when um, she told him that at some point, he's going to come and get the ring from you. So, you know, that fellowship was always bound to break. Um, the question is, when was it going to? And I think that if you are saying the strength of the film is loyalty, uh, there was no loyalty. There was no loyalty between Gandalf and Sauron. 
there was no loyalty between uh, Frodo and the people, and there was no um, and other members of the fellowship, and there was no loyalty um, between Boromir and every other person. So I'm not entirely sure if that is as strong an argument as I would have liked. Well, well, my point is that, uh, like at its core, this this movie is 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 between the the battle of of uh, loyalty and greed for power right so so that and and we see that in the fellowship like where, where like the, the this underlying corruption uh, has the tendency to destroy things that are good right and then but if, if you band together to to kind of work together with the unlikeliest uh, set of characters um you can at least make it out uh alive if you know if if, if you have that the kind of trust um with with everybody involved and i think uh, boromir uh, failed that test so so i think it's it's uh, it's it's not a it's not necessarily a a display of like um unwithered loyalty but i think it's as a as a theme it's it's loyalty versus corruption right? got it and okay as uh, you know, and then it's kind of this push and pull. And then if 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 you're not loyal to the cause, in a way, which is the the quest as a whole, then um, that's that's going to be trouble for you in the long run, right? It's like so. Do the, you feel, do you feel like the length of the film was justified? I I do think there are some areas that could have been streamlined a bit but i i agree with that cool um <laughs> <laughs> i give you that one but okay. <laughs> um i'm gonna give you the fact that this the, the landscape is beautiful mm-hmm. and i'm gonna give you that the score is amazing mm-hmm. but i i do think that at some point the film devolved into a walking simulator with long shots, um, helicopter shots of people walking up mountains and walking up, you know. And at, I think at, at some point, I think I'm done with my arguments. I think we should probably, <laughs> I, I probably will start to uh, go around in circles, but maybe we can talk a little bit more in general about the film. Sounds uh, good. But I didn't know if you have any points you wanted to make. No, no. Let's 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 go over to general arguments and just kind of talk about the movie and then take it over there. Sure, Your Honor. I'd like to ask for a recess. And we're back. I'm gonna say this for sure. I like the film. I like Lord of the Rings. My wife is the biggest fan of Lord of the Rings, and I don't I don't generally watch it with her. But every few months, she's going through all 12 hours of the film and anytime i feel like it i sit down and i watch with her so i'm aware of the trilogy i'm i'm not the biggest like um biggest what do you call it fantasy person i prefer more uh logical stories yeah um but i will i will say the movie is is good every single time i sit down and watch it for 10 15 minutes it draws me in it's a very, it's a very sultry, seductive film, because it makes you, you know, worry about the characters. But I think that if if you wanted to use a a good critique eye, you'll have to agree that 
even some of the characters are stilted. Legolas in this film, not great. Legolas in um, the next film um, was great. And Legolas in the final film, The Return of the King, was great. But Legolas in The Fellowship of the Ring was stilted. He act I don't know. I didn't. I, he was not as strong as he was in the second and third film. He I mean, doesn't get those, to do much, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. So those are some of the things that, like, if you really want to look at it, the dwarf. And I think this is the thing I've hated the most about the film. The dwarves are just a laughing stock, and they played for jokes from the very beginning to the very end. Um, and I don't think it changed at all f- for the three films. Like, I, I think it's it falls under the argument that the characters don't change at all. Uh, but some of the jokes don't really fly anymore. I mean, I don't even think they flew in the days when the movie came out. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, I, mean, I, I argued against the third one, right? And uh, I watched this one and I was like... I love the points that I had for the third, um, mainly it looking pretty bad. Like, I think a lot of the effects don't hold up anymore, um, are completely alleviated in this. Like, I think this looks still very good. Um, partially because we don't have these crazy mass CGI scenes. Uh, we have a lot of mixture of, of miniatures and, and, and like real sets and all, uh, that, that make things that, are real, right? And then it's just mixture. Like a, a lot of the stuff is is well to real. A lot of the force perspective stuff that they do in this one, like on the on the cart in the beginning and then the kitchen and all, uh, like that's great. Um, so so like uh, that basic critique, um, interesting enough for me. Like it's it's gone for this one because I think they this one's a lot better in that aspect. Um, in terms of characters, I think it's it is kind of suffering from being the first movie because it's all set up, right? It's all exposition, and uh, I remember that for the for the third one, I I critiqued that there's still exposition in that movie. Mm. You know, it's still like long dialogues about the ghost army and whatnot because it's just so rich of background information. Um, this whole world. But uh, I think in this movie it's it's done a little better because it's just it is taking its time to do this, and we we do understand um, the the core characters fairly well. Um, I mean, mainly the four hobbits and then uh, Aragorn, because of, I agree with you that that Legolas and Gimli are uh, very much side characters. Boromir just you know he's just corrupted and then dies. And who else is there? Gandalf. Uh, Gandalf is weird in this movie. I thought, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed by the acting. Now looking back at it, I, I felt like that was one of the cheesiest acting jobs in this movie, personally. And uh, Saruman is the other big character here, and uh, yeah, I don't know. the The whole wizardry stuff is 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 a little cheesy for my, for my taste as a whole <laughs> i think i feel the same way when i watch harry potter <laughs> harry potter it's like excelliman splibumblum it's like okay fine <laughs> don't, i don't i don't care too much about magic 
it's just, I, I, but I, I, I kind of agree uh, with a lot of things that you said. Um, I think, I think first of all, if I was going to rate the three Lord of the Rings films, this would be my second best, right? My first is uh, the second one, which mm-hmm. what was the name of the second one. Um, two Towers. Two Towers. Two Towers. Oh, man, the Two Towers is just awesome. Um, and this one would be my second best, and The Return of King would be my worst. Uh, least best, should I say, not worst. But least best, because in this one, we got the adventure. In the other one, we got the battles. And in the th- in the third one, they wanted to give us the adventure and the battles in one film, and it just felt like a lot of retreads. Um, but I really, I really appreciated like a lot of the setup in this film. I appreciated some of the characters, and, you know, the eagle, uh, controversial eagle, uh, that has caused a lot of conversations about, you know, why didn't they just take the rings with the eagle and just drop it into the volcano? Um, it's a valid question. Because they were salty um, a, that they didn't get a ring. So it's a big plot hole. Uh, but, you know, let's... And I think that the movie has a lot of plot holes. Like, you know, the horse versus hobbits. How the hell did the hobbits escape? How the hell did the hobbits get to the river? How the hell did Frodo survive a horse chasing him? Eh. Eh. I don't know. And, um, you know... The the rates are inconsistent. Yeah, you know, they're quite inconsistent because they killed only one person, and uh, the guy who was like, "Who goes there?" with a lantern. I don't know what it, I don't remember what he said, but he had the lantern as the guy was coming, and he raised out his sword and he stabbed the guy, whipped him down, and that was the only killing that they had throughout that. The other killing they were they supposedly had was when they walked into the tavern and tried to stab all four of the hobbits and they realized that they was not there. They were they weren't there and then they just jumped on their horses and they run away again. Ugh, I yeah, I, I I agree that they're kind of a letdown because even when they're on that um that that tower, you know, where where there's that big climactic scene that that you mentioned with the fire that draws mm-hmm. them in. Uh, it it starts off with the race like against the hobbits, and they the hobbits um hold their own for quite a while. Yeah, right. So that that's kind of wild if if you just think about that for a second. And then um, against all better judgment, Frodo turns puts on the ring, and nothing. I mean, he gets stabbed, but that 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 turns out to be somewhat inconsequential too, right? Uh, so it's I agree inc- with you that it's 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 just inconsequential because it's like they're propped up as being this huge threat, but then it's nothing. Yeah, really. like, let me uh, let me just give you the scenario. If I was one of these rates, and I get to them to that you know whatever the mountain where they all are, and you know they they're all scared, all these hobbits, small creatures who are like four foot tall or whatever. All I just do is stab them, take the ring, and then you admire it and you go on. But it's movie logic, so we got to see him reach out, try to touch it. And then when he takes his hand back, he's like, oh, you're not going to give it to me? And he stabs him. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but we su- we suspend our disbelief. 
we get into the ambience of the music and the visuals and we get transported. So maybe I enjoy the film, uh, but I, I think that we can't overlook the fact that some of the aspects of it are weak. Um, but if I had to to give it, I would say this movie is one of the best fantasy films ever made. I don't rewatch really fantasy films in general. And this one I've seen a few times now. And my wife makes me watch it every once in a while. <laughs> she watches The Hobbit too, which is one I will never finish. I, horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my take. Yeah, I, th- I mean, you talk about mu- the music. It's It's interesting to me how the music is really setting up the tone for all of these different characters, right? So the Hobbits are very... Uh, just just on an instrument level, right? It's very like happy go lucky flute, kind of thing, right? So, so it's like just setting up the hobbits as a as a as a spiritual kind of mindset in that, yeah. and then and then the the stark contrast to that is like the very um, brass heavy evil um, stuff, which is, is in my opinion is kind of the best um, music theme in this whole movie but uh so 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 that's interesting it's very iconic in that like i think a, a lot of the music that's that's happening here is um super iconic now and uh, again it holds up extremely well um i think visually it holds up very well i mean it 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 put new zealand back on the map literally for a lot of people right like it's <laughs> like that this trilogy uh has done more for new zealand as a as an industry i think than anything else true and uh, and just you know just realizing that it's a 20 year old movie at this point that's uh, quite remarkable that it's still looking so so good unlike the third one <laughs> totally totally agree with you on that i i i yeah i i think that of all the three films this one holds up the best mm-hmm. um a lot of the visuals stand out and um i was actually quite impressed um with it, I, I I will I will say that. I mean, I think I've said all I need to say about this film. Honestly, I think that the movie is amazing, but you really have to pull up your pants and sit down for three hours to enjoy it. Um, we can always break it down into periods and watch it, uh, in in chunks. But I, th- I think that the movie holds up uh holds up quite well the movie is 20 years old like you said and because of the lack of like big uh fight scenes like uh most of the fights are op- happening on open land mm-hmm. where people are chasing each other i think it it survived i think the one that could you could say was probably like the weakest was when he met balrog in the in in uh what Mjord- was Mjordor? what was the name of that place um, Myanmar, the cave with the dwarves that of all died. Um, Moria. Moria's. Thank you. Um, Prarog is probably the 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 creature that has least uh, survived time, um, and maybe the 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 big orcs, whatever they call them, that had the stuff that was just trying to kill the. 
Oh, that that troll, I think. The trolls, yeah. yes, the trolls. Man, I am bad at all this <laughs> fantasy stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, the trolls were, were didn't age too well, but I, I think that the movie did well. I think I actually, the movie has done well. Yeah, I actually think that now that I think about it, the the fight that I find is the the most kind of time wasting one is that giant squid in front of Moria. Like that's that's just unnecessary <laughs> and like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that just felt like, oh yeah, I remember this now. Like that's just, I don't know. That could have been cut for time. And just so, just realizing, we watched the uh, theatrical cut again. And so not the extended ones. And the extended one is another, what forty minutes or so. Mm. So that's that's an investment, right? <laughs> I, know, I I also realized there's a lot of uh, slow mo in this movie. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed it, but but there's a lot of just whenever there's this this uh, heartfelt emotion, it's always in slow motion, and it's like uh, <laughs> no wonder this thing is three hours long. <laughs> you know the the giant squid. If if there was a situation where we saw the giant squid later in the film, then you would say, "Hey, it wasn't a waste of time." But the fact that the giant squid existed there, and all they just had to do was go into the cave, and that was right. the end of that story. Yeah, they could have cut that. Yeah. They could have. I mean, we never saw it again. So I think right. this was just Peter Jackson going, "But we made it. I want it in the film. It's it. It's in the That's book. Fun. It's got to be in the film." <laughs> but yeah, I, I think irrespective of that, like we said, um, reiterated a few times, it's still a really good film, and I think that the numerous fans all over the world who love this film including myself, even if I don't like it as much as everybody, um, uh, appreciate the film for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I like this better than, than the third. And I think I agree with your assessment that the second is probably the best. Just that's number two. And then the third is three, but, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Definitely. God, Helms deep. Ugh. <laughs> Helms deep. All right. That's all I have for this week. I think the next movie we're doing is Fight Club, right? That is correct. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what we have to say about that one. Yep, yep. Likewise. (laughs) And we may have a guest for that one. We may. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, Where can people find us? You can find us at Movie Mistrial on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And where else can they find us? Uh, MovieMistrial.com or if you want to send us an email, contact at moviemistral.com. Thank you very much, and hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Take care.